We're back with Reap the Week on Villaincast with Chris Paynes and Naki Ashed. Uh, welcome back, Naki. Um, hey, mate. <laughs> even though they're joking about this now, like it's <laughs> it's getting funnier for me. Uh, quick shout out to the sponsors that I'm still looking for. <clears throat> yeah, that's sorted. Um, <laughs> really good discussions on the Discord channel this week. Uh, really good. Uh, that thing's just taken off, and like, if I don't look at that thing for five minutes, there's so much conversation I've missed. So, if anyone wants to make it like bigger, uh, please visit the Discord channel on. Well, there's links everywhere. There's links like on the on chrispainsbjj.com. That's not my website. Just type that into Google. I'm sure you'll find me. Um, Merchandise is coming. Uh, it's finalizing soon and we'll hopefully have a prototype. Uh, Cap wanted to say that on a podcast um, where people can't see what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so we've had a couple of discussions this week uh, pop up on the Discord. The main one, the main question seems to be because I released a eight part series earlier on in the week on YouTube. Uh, please go check it out if you're interested, called the White Belt Toolbox. And the White Belt Toolbox was this idea of um, not necessarily for white belts. That's the kind of maybe the confusing part. I need to maybe rename it. But it was the idea of people who just start jujitsu, as in, you know, you walk through the door and you have no idea what the hell is happening. How do you have jujitsu explained to you? So 50% it was for people like in other gyms who are interested in jujitsu who find it. 50% is for people who want to join my gym. And like, I can direct them to that page. And I say, look, if you understand all these things, it's going to make your, your experience better. Um, <laughs> and so then the question becomes like, what comes after that? So like, I don't know, maybe like a three-stripe white belt toolbox. Uh, and then the question was asked, what about a blue belt toolbox? Um, so to set up the conversation, uh, the blue belt, the white belt toolbox isn't necessarily what I'm looking for in a blue belt. It's, it's kind of looking at the other way around, as in what tools would you need at belts instead of what are you, what criteria are you kind of aiming for? Because every time this conversation kind of comes forwards, it's always like trying to match a syllabus, as in what do I need to know to get to the next belt instead of um, what tools do I need to, to succeed at this belt? So it's kind of looking at the, the opposite way around. So in the white belt toolbox, uh, stuff I spoke about was a basic understanding of jiu-jitsu, like a one, two, three, four system of um, progressing through position, uh, an understanding of what guard is, uh, an understanding of what passing is, an understanding of pocket, an understanding of defense. Um, yeah, so Naki has run his own little gym uh, side by side of mine for a while. Uh, I'm interested to think, what do you think, Naki? What what tools would you give a someone to be aiming for blue? So like mid-white, and what tool do you think would then change at blue belt? Um, I think it'd be more the case of now putting the being more fluid, so they can combine guards, they can chain attacks. Uh, they need to know how to wrestle. So uh, somewhat standard of wrestling, understanding of single leg, double leg. Because uh, we've done the, we've explained the basics in the white belt toolbox. Um, I think now is where they find themselves. So they find what they, take what they can. Uh, and now it's time to what, make theirs what they think should be and then discard what they're not going to use. Because everybody's style is different. Everybody's built differently. Um, and I think the blue belt is where you find yourself. I'd say towards the end of the blue belt is where you start to find yourself. Like if I'm yeah. looking back at when I did promotions for you and yeah. other people in the gym. So I always saw it as the white belt is the belt of defense. That's the belt where you have to learn not to like die in jujitsu, how to find happy places that mean <laughs> you're safe and you can breathe and you're not blowing out of your ass. Um, as soon as you kind of like become really comfortable with like not getting murdered in jiu-jitsu, that's kind of the right time you should start learning everything else in jiu-jitsu. And that's kind of like what I saw as blue belt, as in that kind of transition from white to blue. I did episodes called The String, which is like instead of having like uh, 
set kind of points. It's almost like one long string that kind of blends colors. So as it starts to blend from like pastel blue into like an actual blue, um, it was at that point I kind of felt right. That's the point where you're starting to look at, you're not getting murdered in roles. You have a good understanding of how to use your body and how to like not uh, expose gaps. Now's the part where you learn the whole jujitsu, get curious. It's easy at that point to um, get complacent and find things that you're good at and not go any further. Which that actually, I think that's what makes blue belt one of the harder and longest belts to learn. Yeah. Is that you actually start to get half decent and then you don't push yourself after that. You get really good at one thing and then second you kind of like get dragged out of your thing and this is what makes blue belts fun is that they can be threatening in what they're good at but then useless at what they're not um as, as <laughs> cruel as that is like they become really good at like very fine things like very small lines uh and then you can kind of like pull them out of their game and they get hopelessly lost so that's kind of like what i'm looking for at blue belt is start to learn all of it like be curious, start to just like think, right, what if I played this guard? What if I played this guard? What if I did this form of attack? What if I went for legs, upper body? Really start to explore everything. You haven't got enough information to form a uh, opinion on jujitsu yet. I think once you have all the information uh, of what is out there and you have been curious enough, I think that's the purple belt because that's when you start to like set the template for the black belt you're going to be. As in, mm. you know what kind of fighter you really are going to be. Like, I kind of knew at Purple Belt that I was going to be a, like, I was going to be playing predominantly top, like, crushing pressure games. And I kind of stuck to it. Doesn't mean I can't deviate, but I'd say it's around about that way because then you just tighten that game up over time. And that's a brown belt. And then obviously you're a murderer at Black Belt. Um, but looking at it that way, so if a beginner, if a day one beginner needs to know about how to cover their out, how to cover their hips, how to hide their armpits, how to hide their neck, how to uh, control distance and posture and, and range and understand those principles and hand fighting in the pocket and uh, what constitutes a guard, I'd say the tools then for becoming a high white if we've started to nail off defense, is really understanding how to isolate joints. I think that's minor control positions. As yeah. in, when you latch onto a leg or an arm or a head, not finish. I think that's, a, that's like a big thing I'm trying to push right now, is that there's a very big difference between uh, the, the whole, like don't look at the submission as a whole, look at it as in um, you have, uh, the finish itself, like the squeeze or the, the, the extension, and then you have the, the control position prior. If you see it as a one mass, one lump of information, you just like rush the finish. But if you get very comfortable with actually holding the minor control position, you find your, your, your finishing rate will be better anyway because people won't be escaping as much. So I think high white, you're not necessarily looking at the horrible finishing details, definitely you know, start to get curious about them but entering into really good control positions, like really good minor control positions, really good major control positions, because then that's going to set you up for the rest of jiu-jitsu. Like yeah. You've mastered defense. Now you're looking at, I need to hold positions better. Um, and get curious about all positions, guards, everything. I think blending those two things, I think is quite big in the blue belt toolbox. Like high yeah. blue belt. Do you think uh, being able to explain what they're doing is a big thing of blue belt? I think that's... Yeah. A a yeah, big yeah. one where they should oh, be able completely. to explain to a beginner, for example, or a white belt uh, of what they should be doing and shouldn't be doing or, and, you know, being able to explain what they're doing themselves. Oh, I think that's a, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think having a, I think that's part of the, the, the part of the curiosity of the jujitsu part, as in, if you don't know what the hell you're doing and what the hell you're looking for and what you're yeah. exploring and be able to tell me about it, then you, I don't think you know what you're doing. Like, like if you can tell me, like, oh, look, I want to play with this guard or I want to play with like hunting this control, like, cool, you can explain jujitsu. If you feel like, man, I'm grabbing this, like, <laughs> like <laughs> just growl and just roll aggressively. Like, I don't think you know what you're doing in jujitsu. Like, yeah, completely right. Yeah. I think, yeah, blue belt toolbox is, is curiosity. I think that if you had to define it in one, it's curiosity uh, and control.
because everything after that becomes really easy. Again, it's looking at it from the other's other perspective, it's not, you know, you have to know, you know, a triangle or have to know a this. It's like, no, you just have to know how to control people. You know how to defend, now learn to control. Mm-hmm. Um, either major, side control, mount, goal south, all the guards that you want to play. And minor, as in latching onto a limb and not letting it go. Uh, and because that's, I love going back to that role models. Uh, it's a competition uh, not far from where we live. Watching the blue belts and that, their minor control position work was shite. Um, like you'd watch them throw arm bars and just lose it instantly, just because they were like, "Yeah, I want to go for the finish," and the whole thing would fall apart. Spend some time in your minor control positions. Like get used to latching onto that limb. Don't let it go, and then you won't have these problems. Your control was shite. <laughs> I say that the blue belt toolbox area. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I think that kind of marries into the whole idea of wrestling as well. Like, yeah, control. It's all curiosity. Like, you're not dying in jiu-jitsu now. I think that's the yes. big thing about white change from change from white belt to blue. You're not getting murdered. So, what do you think a white belt should know? How to not get murdered? Don't think about as a white belt. Oh, I need to learn all these different guards. You jump in the gun too much. You need to know how not to die. Get and then blue belt. Get curious about everything. Stand up, ground, guard. Yeah. Top positions, gi, no gi, legs, chokes, arms, everything, judo, learn the lot. And I feel like I can define like where you're kind of sitting, like, you know, when you, your, your purple belt, I was watching that progression with you, like, you know, you get very curious about everything, then it's just smoothing out and actually finding your path and like your, your passing styles and your, because um, you, I think it's safe to say that you probably went through quite a few iterations on who you thought you were going to be like who you're playing as a as a blue belt is very different to who you are now oh yeah 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 yeah. completely man uh i just changed my game completely i thought nah i try everything you know anything i like i think yeah i like this I try it out uh but i'll always add it somewhere you know i won't completely discard it for, and i understand when i need to use things and uh it's all about timing and i always say you know when we're talking i'm like look everything works it's just about timing and I know a lot of people disagree with that, but, you know, like recently there was that stuff about when Wim was doing, remember that uh, headlock a few months back, which mm. is generally looked as a, you know, bad position, so to say. And, you mm. know, just watching that, and I was thinking that would generally be considered bad. So if he can get out of that and he can show how he's doing it, then surely every position should be escapable and there should be uh, on the opposite side a better way of controlling someone as well if you want to finish or, you know. Yeah progress through the ladder of grappling and you know um so that's the way i see it i'm very open-minded i don't care i, I don't care if it's whatever it is if it works it works Try yeah it. i think that's the, the thing that was stunned blue belts is that it's when they they they're, they're obviously not getting caught with stuff because they're not a white belt and they i think it's the ego problem like definitely blue belts kind of like yeah the, the high <laughs> ego belt yeah because that's the point where you're not going to getting caught uh, and now you, you've got like little tools that you can like, use in your game. And it's like, you then just get stuck into it and uh, you want to win. You don't want to die on the mats to, to higher belts or lower belts. So yeah. you'll just stick to your game and then you wonder why you don't progress. And it's like, no, you need to, you need to just die. That's the part where you need to like kill. Obviously everyone's always got an ego, but kill it off a little bit and play as hard as that sounds. Yeah. Um, that actually kind of like follows into uh, kind of the conversation, like the other kind of questions we've had. Um, just to set up the, the, the rest of this conversation, this, the rest of this podcast. Uh, the other questions were about um, how do I show up to classes uh, and how do you attack this nonsense that we do? I think we kind of bridged onto it there. Um, we'll go through that first. Uh, I'll add my piece a little bit. I'll hand it over to Naki. So, because always talk, you always kind of touched on about timing, um, which I know when, whenever I, I imagine you've, you've like spoke to people about this and you say, oh, it's a timing thing. They, they're like, that's not an answer. <laughs> I mean, no, give me, give me some like actual like sh- stuff that will work, like techniques that will work. I'm like, you're looking at jujitsu the wrong way again. And that's what the frustrating part is. Yeah. Like, 
oh my god so i like to draw a graph uh, of of uh, defensive ability in jiu-jitsu and for anyone uh, listening uh, or anyone on the youtube channel I'll, I'll kind of try and explain what i'm doing so if you imagine like across the x-axis is uh, time and the y-axis going up is defensive ability so you start off and you're right back in the corner you know at the uh where the two points are uh at zero and you've got no defensive ability because you've not been any time and then if you stick to this kind of defensive postural stuff you shoot up really fast they get really high defensive ability really fast if you just stick to the defensive postures and then it kind of carries on that way kind of like a, on, a, on a high and then it drops into a dip and that's the fun part is that drop into the dip and you think why is it dropped into a dip and it's at that point you start to attack because you realize you're not getting caught and then you start to like try and peek out and start to do stuff and then you get smashed um and it's that i think that lump there that would make people leave when you start playing this defensive stuff because you you if you don't do anything you just won't get caught like if you just you know hunger down play running man to or whatever um you can survive but then when you're like i want i want to attack and you start to peek out because you haven't got the timing yet um and so it, ha it is a timing thing because then, you know, it, it's the same with like boxing, like, you know, you, you, you punch people in the face when their hands aren't covering their chin. So if they throw the punch or if they got tired or something like that, it's reading those things. If they open the gaps, you expose them and then you just rip them open when you get the time. Um, it's not like, you know, oh, he's covering his chin. Is there a magical punch that will like, Go, go through it in the face like, <laughs> no, like it's it is timing as dumb as it sounds it's because in jiu-jitsu we've always heard of everything like every technique has an answer technique which it does but you don't need us to tell you that there's there's a million youtube videos and coaches all saying those things and books and everything but no one that's just saying like right when people are uh attacking uh, defending these positions yeah, they're, they're tight. They need to be kind of real hard time. You might have to make them move, you might have to pick them up and throw them around a little bit. But when they start to attack you, that's the point when you you hunt the gaps. And it's, it's counter punch. You, you've not counter punch, but um, making them expose and, and encountering them or making them think they've got a chance to catch you fainting and then catching them back. It's it's makes it a sport. It's, it's not a question of knowledge. It's a question of timing. Um, <laughs> How do you agree with that? Or don't you agree? No, I agree. You know, I would, you've explained it better than me. Um, that's what I always mean when somebody asks me, oh, why isn't this way? Why isn't that way? And I'm like, look, you need to spend some time there, figure out the defense and the attack, and then figure out your timing. I can't, you know, it's hard for me to say to you, do A, B, and C, uh, because the defending guy, he's going he's gonna to be jab and crossing. You know what I mean? It's, it's, yeah. hard, to, it's hard to teach because you, you have to do it by feel. Um, but if you understand what he's going to be doing and what you want, then you can figure out things to do, like ways, ways to hold him, where you can get your control and advance. I think it's like when we roll, it's, it's, it's not just like you don't have an opportunity to like just jab and faint or something like that and like catch no. on one of the same exposure. You've got to like throw mad combos yeah. to try and like expose gaps. And it has to be on balancing, the footwork's on point. and Crazy scrambles. Like, yeah, yeah. And it's like, catching people in those transitions it's kind yeah. of, you can't catch i know preet said this and we've said it a million times you can't catch people if they're in these positions you can't really do anything to them without being a cock like, <laughs> like you, unless you're going to torture them like kneel on their head and make them open their arms that way like, it's not <laughs> a great deal available but it's the transitions yeah and this kind of like adds to this that i call it the paradox is that learning these or the irony or whatever you want to call it Learning these defensive postures is great. And you'll get great success for them in your gym if you play these defensive postures. But if I give the analogy of, imagine you, you train at a, a boxing gym where everyone fights with their hands from their hips. It's like a karate gym almost. And everyone just, like, just accepts being punched in the face. And then you go away and you do a seminar with this defensive stuff and you come back and you've learned to cover your chin. And everyone's going to be like, what? I can't, I can't punch you in the face anymore. Why can't I punch you in the face? I'm like, 
I'm covering my chin. That's pretty much how dumb this defensive stuff sounds to us. Like people are saying, oh, I can't break it. So like, yeah, because I'm covering my chin now. <laughs> but then the, the irony is, or whatever, um, you won't learn better timing about how this thing works unless you train with people who also cover their chin. Yeah. If you're the only person in the gym covering your chin and everyone's still fighting from the hips, like you're not going to learn timing of this because you're just going to have this perfect defense and then just get to <laughs> take pop shots at them. So it always makes me laugh. Like Unless it's actually adopted by the gym itself and everyone gets to like play this and actually learn the timing, it's almost pointless. It never goes past like level one. Like you can't go to like level two, three, four and actually learn this stuff unless everyone's doing it. Yeah. Um, it, it does make me giggle because I have, you know, I've, I've obviously rolled with people in our gym, rolled with people who aren't in our gym, but then rolled with people who have adopted it by a video or whatever, but be the only people in their gym that do it. And yeah, like rolling with people who don't play it, you can feel the gaps. It's hilarious. Roll <laughs> with people in our gym, there's no gaps and it's infuriating. And then you roll with people who have watched a little bit but haven't like had chance to actually, you know, they're the, they're the the king of their gym but they don't get to use it but they're the only people who use it you can see the gaps that they leave and it's because they haven't developed that timing yet and they can't find it on you and it's like oh <laughs> um, yeah as funny as it is as sad and funny at the same time um are you correct timing yeah it's timing um smoothness in the, in the in the hunting of transitions i mean you know when we've done like the grilled chicken stuff and i've said yeah. like you know keeping your knees next to your arms and uh, keeping your knees next to your armpits and you can watch people when their knees get a bit too close or they get tired in the wraps and knees drop away from their, their shoulders a little bit that's yeah. the fun stuff reading like that when you see start to see that happens like oh how do i attack this stuff it's like you'd be amazed like as soon as you can read it properly and read the timing and read yes. the position correctly you can see clear as day like to, to the average person who doesn't know this like well it just looks like open guard but to us like oh my god look at the guy yeah. just left just because he's got tired it's the same as like when you're boxing and like your shoulders get tired your hands drop a little bit like to to, to the lame you know, the lamest person it's like no one's still got his hands up it's like no it's not it's barely covering his chin i'm gonna punch him in the face like it's great it's great exactly what i love about this the, the side effect of learning it this way and doing it is you getting your, your analytical skills getting better. You can analyze what's actually going on. That's why you can read it mm. properly. Um, that's why when you watch matches, when I, when I watch matches anyway, like I can see every little detail, you know, I'm really concentrating on where they're putting the hand and what's going on, uh, where his feet are and stuff. Um, where before, when I used to watch matches, uh, prior to this understanding, uh, it, was, it wasn't as detailed as now, but you know, mm it really gives you the ability to like find little things that's, that are going on. Um, oh, completely. And again, it's a, it's a good side effect. <laughs> well, talking about that kind of physicality side of it, especially when you're playing like the grilled chicken open guard, there's a, there's a benefit to like shadow boxing it and becoming smooth with the transitions. Cause if you're going to get caught in the transitions, that's your footwork. That's your jujitsu footwork. So don't spend, you know, ages going up and down the mats doing shrimps. Um, you know, pointless kind of calisthenic warm-ups, you know, let's do star jumps and push-ups. Like, do shadow boxing of this. Like, learn to transition between everything and make it smooth. Like, and be hyper, you know, don't just do it and, like, the the, the atypical kind of thing when you're actually doing um, shadow boxing. It's like, how do I look in the mirror? Or how do I look to other people? Do I look good doing shadow boxing? Like, no, be hypercritical of your movements. Like, do you transition from running man to turtle and like, like, you know, go into the astral plane and watch your body? Did you leave your elbow open as you transitioned? If the answer is yes, fix it. Yeah. For God's sake, fix it. Cause that's the gap. And then if you can be hypercritical and see those things in yourself, you'll see them in other people. And that's the fun part of that. Cause you'll see those transitions where the elbow just sticks out a little bit. And you're like, I wouldn't have done that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to kill him for doing it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that, I think that's kind of a, a, a pretty, succinct answer to doing this stuff train with more people that do it <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're, we're always free to roll after this is over we're always free to roll <laughs> yeah our gym's wide open we're but, always down yeah well that's kind of like 
segue against from everything like due to the amount of content that we're pushing out right now and um the other videos we've done prior and the globetrot accounts and these podcasts and there's a lot of interest of people who actually want to come play um to anyone who ever wants to come play at our gym like we're in stafford england um pretty much middle of it like you couldn't be more middle in stafford like from birmingham manchester it's pretty much the most well-connected useless town in the whole country um <laughs> because we've been globetrotters since day one we are free at the point of entry for anyone who wants to come visit us like we are we don't care if you're wearing gi no gi we don't care if you do legs uh, we don't care where you're from baja carlson gracie couldn't care less uh there's no mat fees for non-members just come roll we just want people to come play um just give me a heads up that you're coming uh as a slight plug for our gym i'm excited when we get to go back um <laughs> what's your other question um i've got notes i do come prepared uh structuring and planning classes then so if you think of those toolboxes How do you structure your classes? Because I've never been to one of your classes. So time or something or distance. Um, I do the class that I teach uh, the once a week that I do on the weekend that I used to do. Um, it was more so MMA guys. Um, so their yeah. their attitude to training was more MMA based rather than grappling based. Yeah. Um, but they were good grapplers. They'd done wrestling prior. Uh, did I had a teacher who was teaching him wrestling? So the rest of their wrestling was quite decent. Uh, the ground game uh, wasn't as you know good, uh, but you know there were a few standout guys um, who were quite good. But um, their groundwork wasn't up to scratch. Um, so with them, I my warm ups were more uh, wrestling kind of warm ups, and then going into the teaching was how I would structure my one to ones that I'd do. So how I would do it just like a jujitsu class, for example. Um, so I have an idea in my head of what I want to teach. So I have a little, uh, plan sometimes of what kind of program, what we're going to be looking at for the next five to six weeks. So I, I put in kind of blocks. Uh, so for example, before COVID we were on leg locks, uh, with them. So it was in like, uh, the last class that we probably finished on was divided about four weeks of uh, understanding leg locks, going through the different control positions, um, heel hooks, ankle locks, the lot. Um, and then it was more the case of now act, really active dri drilling through different scenarios. So we were going into the uh, really bad positions and trying to get out of there. Um, and obviously for the attacker as well. So I'd shown them we're controlling whilst we were doing the defense as well. So the attackers didn't really know how to finish, but the control was there, if you know what I mean. Um, because they were complete beginners to leg loss. They had no ideas uh, mm. how to play legs. Um, so start the class, go through the different leg lock positions. So, uh, uh, you know, single leg X, X, drop them, different sweeps uh, that we've done uh, from butterfly mm -hmm. or different entries. Uh, and then it'd be change of partners. Cause I, I've got a big thing on changing partners. I don't like seeing the same person being together, the same two people being together for the full class. Uh, yeah. Because I think that people get used to uh, each other. And I don't think that's a good thing. Mm. Uh, because you need to be able to play with different body types uh, if you want to get better overall. Uh, so I'll encourage changes. Uh, once we've done a few drills, I'll encourage you to change, change partner. Okay, now we're moving on to the next position. We're going to active drill this for a bit, put a timer on. Uh, and then, you know me, I love rolling, so it's loads of rolling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, um, with the rolling, if I, if I want to put an emphasis on... Uh, what we've been doing, the roles are starting in the position that we've been looking, looking at in the session. So in that whole two hours or two and a half hours or whatever it is, the focus is on actually what we're looking at, that particular thing as a whole. So it's not just uh, heel hooks or ankle locks, it's leg locks. Uh, or or the uh, starting and finishing from the position that we've been looking at. So it's just really laser focused uh, on whatever I do. I always climb plan. So it sticks in the heads. Um, yeah. and that way of teaching, I've seen it with their development where I've said to you before, like, you need to come in, Chris, and we need to roll with these guys. And yeah, oh, yeah. there's a few that I will, we, we could promote to blue as well. Um, so 
yeah man that's the way i teach now like it's not the traditional that we used to do no, only if no. i'm doing a wrestling class i'll make them do a crazy strength and conditioning circuit for 20 minutes but nah not for a jiu-jitsu class no nah, it's more, a lot more cerebral i think jiu-jitsu i think yeah. you i i'm not a pt i'm not getting coached i'm not getting paid to PT yeah you i'm teaching you jiu-jitsu um So it's odd that, like, obviously, you know, it's, it's fun to listen to how you, you, you explained all this. Because like I say, to anyone who doesn't know, like, Naki used to be a teacher and he is a PT. So he has got teaching experience. So how he, how he structures everything is, is um, from that kind of background. Um, my kind of history of doing this is I've just been, like, throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks for the last 12 years. <laughs> um, so I've gone through many iterations of teaching, which I guess is a good thing because uh, I don't want to be stagnant. Like I want to see what works the best. Yeah. Um, I've seen it from the time I've been uh, learning from you, how your teaching, mm. teaching style has changed. It has to. I want, I yeah. want to make sure everyone's better. Um, so the way I uh, structure mine, and that is as well, is I think, uh, I think maybe our structure is slightly different because, like you say, you have pretty much all white belts and yeah. I've got a really good mix. Like we've got purple belts, brown belts, blue belts, white belts, and they're all in the same class. So it's like, how do I keep it interesting for everyone? Yeah. And so when I look at doing a class, so again, it's it, you stick to kind of a theme for like an extended period. Uh, I think I try and stick away from arbitrary numbers. So when people say, oh, I need to do a month of half guard. Mm. Why a month? Why? You're not intending to actually teach much. Like, why are we rolling, extending it out? If you're intend, intending to teach a lot, why are you making it shorter? Like, I'll adapt depending on if it makes sense. Yes. Um, so, when I'm looking at teaching classes, I try and stick away from arbitrary numbers. I try and stick away from um, arbitrary shit in general. Uh, so, <laughs> avoid a warm up. Now we used to do walnuts, you know, running around and stuff like that, and shrimps and all those kind of rolls. You can kind of still do them every now and then. It's, it's, it's good to keep people kind of flexible, but walnuts does that for you anyway. And it's, you know, occasionally just doing them just so people understand these kind of movements exist. But I think teaching those movements as a warm up and never giving them context is dumb as fuck. Um, when it comes to actually learning them, so when you have a white belts, blue belts, purple belts, brown belts in the class. Um, I think it comes down to the, the method of drilling has to change. So if I'm teaching anything, I, can't, I look at it in, in like three points. And this goes back into kind of what I said earlier. You have a finish if you're doing something. It doesn't matter if it's sweep or uh, submission, choke, leg bar, arm bar, whatever. Then just prior to that happening, like the pass, the sweep, the whatever, the finish in detail, you have a minus control position, like the, the pre, like finish, whatever you want to call it. Uh, when you have like wrap around the arm or wrap around the leg, or you just like halfway through the knee cut or whatever. And then prior to that, you're in a major control position. So that's when you're in a guard or whatever. And I prefer to show the backwards. I want to show, well, they're not backwards, but like middle and beginning kind of thing. Yeah. So I want to like, we'll start from, this is the minor control position. This is what we're aiming for, like holding. Um, and then getting used to people feeling that. I want, I like the idea of people, um, like the, the greatest uh, disappointment is that you will never feel your own side control. Uh, you'll never feel how much, pain you inflict on the person that like you'll hear it like you'll 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 see the misery but you'll never actually know it and so it's such a such a horrible thought i never know how much i hurt people um not properly so the best way i think of learning is actually to to have a little go and then ask the other person to do it to you and guide them to make it worse on you or make it more effective on you now if you're doing like a submission. Now, you know how you're, you know, you, you, if you've got an understanding of your body, you're gonna understand what, what hurts. And so if you're in a submission, like direct them to it hurts more, like yeah. effectively. And so I'll, I'll tell like the, the mechanics of why the whatever is doing the whatever. 
and then I'll say to them, right, explain to the person, ask you know, for this, because then that's kind of you directing your own side control pain. Like, oh no, don't push it there, put it here. Um, so the whole minor control position slash finishing kind of area, I want people to like spend some time exploring that as in feeding back to each other. It's not arbitrary numbers drilling. It's not five minutes or 10 reps or something. Just spend time just like guiding, going back, inflicting, guiding, um, flicking between the finishing aspect and the minor control aspect and like feeding back on both sides, making sure that they're both separated. Um, and then because you know what you're actually looking for, going back to like a, maybe a starting point, like that's another step back, not all the way back to the beginning, but like, you know, to like a third of the way in maybe. And then like, right, what do I need to do to kind of find here? And there's working back from there. And then once you kind of work back, work forward through it, like go from, but then through different levels of intensity. Uh, and this is where the deviation would then happen of white belt, blue belt, purple belt, brown belt. Is yeah. it, at white belts, I'm not expecting them to, um, go much resistance as in learn it right spend some time learning it maybe a little bit of resistance uh blue bit more like explore around it you know, i want people to actually look around and actually see where they could go from it and then it's the same purple and brown i wanted to pretty much be sparring it as in like sparring is it's <laughs> an important I, you've heard me say this a million times yeah the it's disclaimer sparring, yeah sparring with a purpose it's drilling like it's not positional sparring. It's not because again, I hate the idea of positional sparring because then yeah. it's it's still open to there being a, a winner. Like this is yeah, yeah. drilling, but high intensity single rep drilling. <laughs> like you, 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 there has to be conversation as well. And this is again a dumb thing about jujitsu is that there has to be conversation for such a cerebral, mental sport that is based on information. If there's zero conversation, what the fuck are we doing? Yeah. Like, there has to be a sharing of information. There has to be a sharing of, did that work? Didn't that work? Otherwise, you know, what's the point in going back to jujitsu gyms? You might as well just carry on as we are grappling dummies. <laughs> um, it's about as useful as one. Like, yeah. You just got someone there just like holding like a postured guard and you're just doing 10 triangles on them. What use were they? Zombies, man. I call it zombies. <laughs> exactly pointless you just it's like playing operation like you're just hitting like the sides and it makes a buzzing noise yeah. um like oh this is so stupid and this is why it's kind of like this this weird middle end middle two third one third beginning back forwards backwards uh different intensity drilling um kind of way of learning has come around is that it's, I think it's really difficult to, to give benefit to everyone in the room. How do you give initial information and how do you then give, like, you know, because you don't need to learn that. There's no point in me showing you how to do a setup into Ashy. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how you, like, bore the shit out of brown belts. Yeah. And, like, what I'm interested in is, like, right, because then there's another conversation, like, you know, training bad positions. Like, because then you've learned all the different parts of this. Why do you have to start from the beginning? Why do you have to do 10 reps from close guard, push arm through triangle? Why can't we start at different points? Exactly. And different and have like, you know, again, it's change the activeness of the drilling, as in have it so like maybe uh, you're the person on the bottom doing the triangle, like um, but start, you know, midway through the triangle, start from the minor control position with your legs wrapped around the head. And then, you know, change the winner of the drill. And change the level of intensity of the drill. Like have the person who's stuck in the triangle um, fight their way out. Have them win it. Yeah. So, and see Agreed. how that fall apart. But then change it so the person at the bottom doing the triangle wins. But the other person's giving like seventy five percent intensity and trying to get out. So, because you're always going to find your own little. There's no point in me showing you myself. So I've got I'm six foot a million, um, whatever that is. <laughs> Like, not like eight yard kilos, my stuff works for me. But if you're four foot on a fag end and like 60 kilos, there's no point you learning the same 
like doing the same thing as me. But if I can yeah. show you kind of what you need to aim for, like the control points, and you can like have some feedback to you, like, oh no, squeeze that, squeeze that. And then learn the braking mechanics. And then you're going to find your own ways of getting there because you know what you're after. And then I think that's a much more efficient way of learning. It, exactly. It's, it's yours as... from day one. Hmm? It's yours yeah, from day one. Like it's, it's so personal because you know what to look for. Now you got to develop your game. That's for your exactly. own body. And that's why, like, you know, starting from different points. Because then, like, say, when you start to look at brown belt level, like, you know, the <coughs> different benefits of um, the different, you know, where you are in the different belts and how to get the most out of the session. Like, you know, if I was to say, if I was a session, like, say, on uh, a heel hook, outside heel hook from bottom. Yeah. Um, you know, it would show brown belts. That. Yeah. So if you look at it, so if, so if the session I've planned was, right, we're doing an outside heel hook from bottom. Yeah. Yeah. As white belts, I'd expect them to be looking at the. Everyone's going to be looking at that, how to hold the ashy. Everyone's looking at the, the breaking mechanics of finishing the heel hook, um, getting better bites, giving feedback on the bite, giving feedback on the heel hook. You know, having it done to you, giving like directing people to make it hurt more. Like, oh, Loki, clam my leg. You know, after all the details I've given, and then going from the bottom, understanding what inside outside guard, hunting for that. You know, and then someone just moving around. Not being static, and then like I don't know, ten percent yeah. of sparring kind of movements, you'd hunt it. Then looking at where you are, at brown belt, you know, purple belt, brown belt. I'd expect you guys to pretty much start like deep in the ashy and trying to locked in away from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Build up, and, like, build up. Yeah, exactly. And then if you're getting caught in it, like dial it back. Like, okay, I'm keeping yeah. getting my heel hook. Exactly. You know, or look at it from both angles. Like if someone keeps like running the hell away and escaping your heel, like right, can you just dial it back a bit so I can actually see what is breaking and having that conversation. Um, and then starting from maybe a different point, like right, I'm actually getting more use of it from uh, you know, playing an inside base guard and get like I don't know, a half butterfly something, Tyler Hunter from here. And at this point, I want you to to go fucking nuts and try and escape. Cool, let's go from there. Like, <laughs> it's different levels of of freedom the higher you get to suit your game from initial acquisition to consolidation yeah 100 um, yeah i think that's probably the healthiest way of learning it and i like the idea especially i keep badgering on about it the idea of being able to pause and rewind like especially when you're having like high intensity uh i need to find a really good term to explain this i don't know if it's uh sparring with a with a designated winner like so it's like drilling um training when you're doing that kind of stuff you able to hit pause because it's not positional sparring then you couldn't hit pause in a positional spar mm. like i want to go but no stop stop there i had to explore this so why whilst they're like tearing your knee into three like going hmm can you rewind it like ever so slightly and then exploring it again like there has to be that there has to be this this yeah mental control over over your training um i think that has to be dialed in like from day one to, to expect that and actually uh take ownership of your learning in that way and not just be i'm doing 10 triangles and then doing 10 arm bars <laughs> like, oh my god and we're just going to do close guard for the next month and it's just all the different submissions from close guard oh my god jujitsu is boring as fuck sometimes <laughs> Maybe that's why a lot of blue belts quit. Who knows? Possibly. But this kind of thing <laughs> goes into, because you have the other question of like, how do you learn? Um, but kind of like, uh, mixes in like this, this kind of way of training to all those things we've said. Like, how do you train as a white belt in this? How do you train like white belt toolbox, blue belt toolbox? White belt, learn about defense. So at that point, I want you to be looking at what would break those minor control positions, what would break the major control positions. A blue belt, I want you to be like, right, this is interesting. This is a, you know, how do I control better? A purple belt is like, right, where does this mix into what I'm actually wanting to do? There's no point in me learning Chris's setup here <laughs> when I'm playing this game. And then Brown belt is like, right, I'm going to murder with this. Let's play murder with this. Um, <laughs> so everyone's getting the same kind of, the right benefit out of that session. And it's not just like dialed in for everyone. Yeah. Um, I can stop saying that. I can't catchphrase it this podcast. Uh, <laughs> And the other question was like, you know, training bad positions. Because again, I think that's 
something that you then do as you climb up and you feel more comfortable with something, especially if you like, keep returning to it. It's like, especially a brown belt, it's like, I want to be in the worst position of this. I want to be in like, choose the shit, that you, how much shit you're in and then go from there. I'll give you an example. Like before, um, one of the last things what we were working on uh, uh, was uh, like defending the S-mount armbar. So we were going from basically uh, me and Alex, yeah? Uh, arms locked in, mm-hmm. both arms, S-mount. So basically mm-hmm. they've already got your arm and we were playing to get out of there. So we were looking at way, finding ways using baby bridge and hawking and stuff mm-hmm. to hide the arm and, you know, rescue the other shoulder and stuff. So, you know, it went from, okay, quick taps and then, okay, wait there. Just like, you know, how you explain, you're just talking to your partner. You just got to have a good partner uh, who's, you know, not, who understands who's on the same wavelength as you. And then you can play yeah. this game of finding really bad positions. Like locked in heel looks, we play from, you know, we've drilled from nearly close locked in heel looks where, we, you know, we're playing yeah, with, yeah. you know, and then the tap comes and then we've gone back. We've, all right, now you haven't got my heel, you've got my toes though. Let's play from here. So it's just founding different defenses and different resistance. And bad positions, you, that, you have to train okay. the bad positions. I think that's something that came from O-meters and like, you've pretty much hit it there. It's a, one thing that kind of every session I'm always conscious of is I don't want to just like say, right, this is myself, this is my finish. I want to, this is why I teach in this kind of really weird front, middle, back method, whatever. Because um, I explain the concept of everything as I go through. This is the holding mechanic. This is the breaking mechanic. This is the setup mechanic. Um, so I want those tools from like day one. Everyone should have those tools. Like this is what defensive, this is what attack is, this is what exposure is, this is what timing is. Because then once you get to kind of, you know, high blue, purple, brown, like um, I can't hold your hand anymore. Like it's your, no, exactly. And it's like, you know, how you just said about you and Alex going from here, like you have the tools to understand how to make jujitsu. And that's what makes it fun. As in, you're not just rote drilling anymore. You're like, right, I know the tools for escaping, baby bridge, hawking, defensive postures, not being flat and all this kind of stuff and, and elbows and joint uh, safety and everything like uh, above and below the joint you want and um, timing of how you move and transitions. Like you have all the information. So you're not having to go out and look for S mount escapes. Yeah, exactly. Like, you get to just put all these into practice. Um, and so like, every time I'm teaching a session, it's like I'm making sure I'm drilling those, this, I'm explaining the, the underpinning concept more than I am the actual technique itself. Like, this is why like, this minor control position is working. I'm aiming for the control of these two joints. Um, this is the, 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 the mechanic of what joint is having done to it. Now I have control of these two parts then this is the entry mechanic because is it an inside outside guard is it you know um or whatever and then we go hunting from there um and this is how to hide it when you're actually training itself like this is you know put your heel in your butthole like and now we'll play from they're hiding their their gap but now they're trying to pass let's play from there and then, you know, because you're actually making that active, then they're looking for, right, shit, they could hunt me on this one. I need to make sure when I'm passing, that gap's closed. And then you draw with that kind of aspect. Like, then now they're hiding it better. And now you have to hunt better. Yeah. Great. Yeah, because now everyone's got the tools to make their jujitsu better. <laughs> Not just, oh, I could do 10 triangles. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, that's, I think that's like the happiest I've settled on. Like this, like I actually leave the classes thinking that there's been benefit. Yeah. <laughs> um, especially when we start to incorporate hand fighting stuff and like work on that. And I said, right, increase your hand fighting part of it because then you've really got to work on your your distance and your pocket. And yeah, I think that different intensity at different levels of acquisition to consolidation. Um, because then it's like it's you know you have the idea of uh conscious competent stuff like that I, I want you know I am very conscious of those four things when training like are you, you know, a brown belt you know you're becoming unconscious competent I, I don't have to worry about you hunting these things like you're going to just naturally guide into them um, but then 
the why about you're unconscious incompetent i'm like right let's fix that let's actually know that they tell you what you're actually looking for yeah it's yeah and i think when you start to incorporate that into actually the, the different levels of, of each belt it's kind of they kind of match quite well i'd say unconscious incompetent incompetent white belt <laughs> conscious incompetent blue belt competent uh conscious competent purple belt uh unconscious competent brown belt yeah that's a, that's, that's about right <laughs> um black belt murderer <laughs> uh, yeah um hmm, might have to work on that a bit more flesh that idea out maybe who knows <laughs> um but it's, it's it should make like private sessions after blue belt pointless there would never be a reason for me to give you a private lesson because all of that actually teaches the tools that you already have it's kind of stupid then isn't it um <laughs> does that sound familiar which part what, uh, all, all those things i've just said like classes like oh yeah know, yeah that's how i run it i mean that's how, my... i like you kind of brand belts leave like i said yeah yeah fuck up in the corner we're doing this it's uh, this uh, it's a different problem to you have than what I have. Like I've, yeah, like you completely. said, it's it's white belt, so I have to completely change it because they, you know, they don't have the well, they didn't have the understanding, um, and uh, the way uh, how you described it, that would be my way of like a ideal class. And my classes are never the same. I'm always adapting. I'm always thinking, okay, yeah, yeah. what what didn't work? Because I'm learning with these guys. I'm trying to learn what's the best way to teach them. Um, and then I always, then my, uh, test subjects are my uh, one-to-ones and privates in the week. So yeah, yeah. I'll have the same theme, whatever I've taught them. And then I'll basically uh, taught it to them. Then I'll be like, okay, I taught it. it did it work? Didn't it work? I do a lot of that. So I, what went well and you know, what can, I can make better, uh, yeah. and what, what I can change. Um, so, but the style that you've now adopted, uh, which we were currently learning under, um, I think that's like uh, the right way to go where you've got a class uh, with a range of people, range of skill sets. Um, that, that would be the best way, yeah. you know, to, to teach a class, I think. Well, that's kind of like when I'm, when I'm playing, um, when I'm teaching one-to-ones, like the first thing I'll do, especially if I've got a new one-to-one is I'll, I'll spar with them first. I'm like, right, yeah. let's get, let's go. And what I'll do is I'm literally just going through the different, not positions or anything like that. I'm just testing out the different concepts at each point. Like, do you have a grasp of this concept or this whatever? And then certainly see like a gap in one of those concepts. All right, stop. Why are we doing this? Yeah. Like, do you know why you're doing this? Um, and then we'll fix it from there. And that's, it's kind of, I don't ever want to be the case of, right, you come in and say, I want to learn triangles. Fuck off. Nothing <laughs> happened. Like, go watch YouTube. Like, I want to fix the, the, everything that came you know, around the triangle like yeah i'm not teaching you an hour's worth of triangle setups like no leave but leave <laughs> me on the floor when you go um, <laughs> for wasting my time <laughs> like no i want i want to know like the deeper if do you know why you're doing what you're doing yeah like, if not then like let's fix that part um <laughs> Or do you know why a triangle works? Did you yeah, know if you like, did this? You oh find God, your own yeah. way of triangling someone. <laughs> or like, I'll let, like, if, if that's the kind of thing that I can see them hunting for, I'll let them triangle me. I'll let them yeah. on me. And I'll see if they can finish it. If they can't finish it, I'm like, right, do you know why you couldn't finish that triangle? <laughs> well, I don't know. Your head wasn't right. Yeah, why? Like, I don't know. It's just, this wasn't right. <laughs> you should be able to tell me why choke works. Um, or like you know, like a guard pass, and they're like getting a leg caught every time. It's like, why? Why was your guard pass failing? Oh, I don't know. It couldn't pass your guard. <laughs> yeah, because why? Like, I want you to have the tools to be able to tell me why you couldn't do shit, and then yeah. you can fix it yourself. In all these other instances that you're going to find yourself in. Oh God, I do miss jujitsu, but it's the most frustrating thing in the world right now. <laughs> At the same time. <laughs> That's actually a, a decent one to ask them is how often have you ever felt like leaving jujitsu? Uh, my uh, 
blue belt days. Uh, and I, I can credit Preet for this and other system because I'm not quit. I didn't think I would ever quit. It was more yeah. so where I was getting frustrated because uh, I was like, oh, you know, I'm, I, in my head, I was thought I was as good as a certain level. Uh, and I was like, no, I need to be better. I need to be better. But nothing, I wasn't progressing. You know, I was just, oh, I was a YouTube guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Finding things, trying them, what worked, what didn't work. And then, you know, when we started playing the system, I was like, huh. And then since then, like, I've, I don't think I'll ever quit. Mate. Like, it's just always going, ongoing, ongoing, always yeah. going. You know and then I mean? that's... It's too much fun, man. <laughs> I kind of feel bad for everyone that ever left because I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I should feel bad. <laughs> like, you know, True. Le- <laughs> yeah. And so that kind of frustration part is like, I feel guilty that people have to go through that. I, I'm not doing my job correctly. Um, I mean, I'd say I've, I've probably I've wanted to quit jujitsu five times in this conversation. Like, <laughs> I'll come around again. Like it's weird. Like I'll probably go through maybe about three or four instances a month where I'm just like, "Fuck this sport." I can't. Still. <laughs> yeah, still. Like it was, it was more in the early days. Like it, it comes in swings and roundabouts because then I like I sit around and I think holy shit, this sport's cool. Like, it's the same as that conversation that we had, I think it was on the last one, but how often do you think about jiu-jitsu? I'm like, oh, nothing, not, not a lot. Just just only when I'm planning these, you know, episodes or the podcasts or teaching classes or things while I'm teaching the classes or, <laughs> or something that pitches me on Instagram and kind of takes my attention. So, you know, about 10 hours a day. It's not that much, you know. <laughs> 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 um, but, like, yeah, so when we first started, like pre-Naki, you came in like the pinnacle moment of like attendance when there was like it was like a party on the mass like 36 people yeah 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 mm-hmm. I, I remember when it was starting it was like full on the heathen days that we had um when i was a purple belt uh yeah early days um fuck like i'd get to jiu-jitsu like, i'd catch a train over to stone and I'd get there and I'd be the only person there. And then I'd just lock up again and go home. And it's like, is that point where you're just like, I've traveled all the way here and no fucker showed up? Yeah, Fuck that sometimes know. is bad. I've had that a few times where I've gone to the class and nobody's said, oh man. <laughs> yeah, it, it luckily kind of few and far between these days because there's so many of us. I mean, back in those days, if you had six people show up, it was like, whoa, let's take a picture. This is the most amazing <laughs> night ever. Now six people show up. I'm like, what the fuck is everyone? Yeah, yeah where is everyone? <laughs> like, Send them oh, a message. Skulls cracked after this one. <laughs> um, but no, I, multiple, I can't really... Multiple, uh, you know, swear words, pussy, pussy, pussy on the groups. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why do you come, pussy? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, I think the crack started to come out a little bit. Um, I think that's kind of like, that's kind of normal. And it's, I remember saying this kind of to Omid and other people, it's like, you know who the savages are who are going to like be at jiu-jitsu? Because they're the ones who want to leave, who, who have like those bad days where they're just like, fuck life and don't want to go train. And then you have, uh, but they keep coming. And then you have those who shatter their fingers or something, take them up and they come anyway, just to watch. Like those are the people who you know are going to go all the way because they, they're, they're weird. Like, um, like the ones where they get there and look miserable as shit, and it's like, but they're still there. It's like, yeah, you're gonna be here forever because you're a nutter, um, mat rat. <laughs> exactly, like not even like like true like mat rat, just someone who just they 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 defines them now. Jujitsu is them. Like they couldn't leave if they tried. Um, I remember I, I've said to you numerous times that like, if a white belt leaves, it's because Jujitsu wasn't for them. If a blue belt leaves, it's because um, life got in the way. If purple belt leaves, because Jujitsu broke their heart. Yeah. Uh, brown belts don't leave. Um, literally don't. Uh, I think you're too far deep then to leave. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you can see where that kind of like that blue belt problem, that you know, blue belt being the longest belt. Yeah. Um, it's because of it's like it is that whole idea of you've got so much to learn. And it's like, where do you fucking start? Um 
it has so much time at Blue Belt. It takes so much time and so much kind of self um, discovery to like say, no, I need to just play and lose at this for a bit. Yeah. And I think if you don't have that, Blue Belt gets so difficult. Um, I know like all those nights you like text me and you've been like, yeah, <laughs> dude, what the fuck happened? I feel like I'm fucking turning into wank. I'm just like, no, you just played something new tonight. Yeah. <laughs> when, when we started doing the feet stuff, I was uh, blue belt. Uh, yeah, I was blue belt then. Yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah, I, I can remember in the beginning, I was like, fuck, man, like, it's not working. It's not working. And we were like, just get through it, man. Let's get through it. And it paid off in the end. We were like, oh, it's working now. It's clicking. It's clicking. Because it was for us. It was like, forget everything else. We're doing this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Although I think when we were kind of, took everything back and we were like, right, let's let's hunker down and learn all this stuff. Which kind of yeah. goes back into what I said earlier is in, in that well kind of what I said earlier. Like everyone in the gym has to kind of adopt it to make sure everyone kind of like gets the most benefit out of it. Um which is kind of what we did. And we all just went, right, let's let's puddle in. Let's get this to work. Yeah. Because I think one of the important parts, and again like to anyone who's ever learning anything ever in jujitsu is don't go do it on your regular training partners whatever you're learning go do it on a beginner <laughs> <laughs> no for good reason or blue belt yes. if you're high belt like if you're purple brown or black belt go just beat up blue belts they are they are fun to destroy um everything i ever like learn and play is against a blue belt or a white belt a good white belt um I'd never develop something new on you because <laughs> it would never work. Um, and I think Joe Rogan said something similar, like, you know, blue belts are the best things to learn jujitsu on, like, if you're a high belt. Otherwise, you know, if you're if, whatever belt you are, find someone infinitely weaker than you and pick on them. <laughs> you sound like a bully now. <laughs> no, there's benefit. Like... If you're exploring your jiu-jitsu and you want to get better at it, go learn on someone who can't react well. Because um, then you're like, oh, okay, this actually, you know, I can see how this would work. And then next session, pick someone slightly better. And you should always just do that. Like always go up ever so slightly better in the stripes or whatever when you're learning stuff. Because otherwise, if you just go against your regular same, if you get your peer, your same belt, and you're like, right, I'm trying something new, it ain't going to work. You're going to get smashed <laughs> up from it. <laughs> and you're gonna think it sucks and never use yeah. it. Um, that's why blue belts are good if you're a high belt because they've got a little bit of defense. They don't have, they don't die instantly. They're not putting themselves in stupid places. Um, and so it's a good place to kind of like practice new stuff on. I learn everything by being at blue belts. And I say that shamelessly. But <laughs> <laughs> I think I should suffer. <laughs> They're gonna be making memes of you, Chris. <laughs> no. Oh, one day, hopefully, I'm, I, I matter enough that that happens. Um, <laughs> that was a fun podcast. I, I think, I think uh, after that whole conversation about blue belts, uh, a purple belts, maybe uh, I think there could be a purple belt toolbox. You should have your tools by purple belt. If you don't, like, you shouldn't be a purple belt. <laughs> That's going to cause some hate. Um, you shouldn't. Uh, Definitely a blue belt, high white belt. No, actually, no. fuck them. Like, I don't think there should be a blue belt toolbox. If you haven't got all the tools by by the time you get your blue belt, like, because <laughs> there's a difference. You should have tools for learning jujitsu. Like, how do you the tools for learning? That's what they are, not um, what you need to know. It's like technique, technical wise. It should be the the concepts that underpin everything. You shouldn't have that all by white belt. Maybe missing some details, mm. like, you know, slightly off on, like, the exact points of it. No, fuck yeah. You should have all these, wrote, understood. Like, I should be able to, like, throw it at you, and you should be able to list them off each concept. Because then you have your tools. There's no blue box toolbox. But I'm going to make it anyway, because <laughs> I like making videos. <laughs> have the high white toolbox. I think we might be close to getting these like viewer numbers. Did we set like a viewing like limit for us getting wasted? Yeah, we did. I can't remember what it was. You'll have to look, we'll have to look back at the video we'll from last week. Well, it was set one. Um, uh, 
if we get to 2,000 subscribers on YouTube, or if we get to like 10,000 listens, we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll go off the rails and we'll like do better episodes that way. Um, <laughs> uh, thank you, everyone, for listening on this podcast. Uh, I hope there has been some benefit from it. Um, the the reason for running this podcast, as much as me and Naki just enjoy talking and and thinking about jujitsu. Is for people to actually then listen to this and actually get some benefit that's going to like help them with their juice or get them pondering in a different way. Um, so I hope this one served you in the exact same way. I hope uh, if you have any more questions, please come on the Discord channel. There's new people joining like literally every day. We are like four today. Yeah, I've, I was uh, driving, I think, and I see them come up. I'm like, what? Four? I'm like, well, well this is growing, mate. What we what's it like? I was going to text you, like, but I was driving. I was going to text you, Chris, what have we done today? Like, we've got four new people. <laughs> I have no idea. I think the videos get picked up a little bit every now and then, but it's like, mm. yeah. It's, it's not a bad thing. Like, yeah. I love the fact we're getting this big conversation going. It's like, this, I, I don't even have to add to it anymore. I just literally read through it and think, right, right. I'm going to talk about <laughs> that in the next episodes. Um, I find it easier than writing. Uh, for anyone who's, who's on the Discord thinking... Fuck if I join this because Chris doesn't say anything. <laughs> I, I do on here. I, 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 I feedback like audibly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm always paying attention. Um, don't say that. I will definitely like answer. They don't say that on Discord. <laughs> it's like creating this pit of human beings and leaving you all in there. I'm not a monster completely. Um, what are we down to now? Like 21 days on the countdown to roll again. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> Something like that. I could've done the, the countdown and I pre keeps sending me hate. I now. know pre yeah. I saw like, it in the way. <laughs> no, he keeps like messaging me as well. Like, Why are you doing this? Like you keep flooding my channel. <laughs> like, I know. That's the plan. <laughs> Not for you specifically, but um, yeah, I think we're down to 21 days or 20 days so we can actually roll again, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I, I had to look at the, the ruling. Maybe we can roll outside with masks <laughs> on. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> it might be delayed till June or whatever it is. Yeah, we don't know yet. That was fun, dude. Uh, see you next week. Yeah, see you next week, man. Uh, and to everyone out there, that's been Villain Cast Read the Week with uh, El Hefe and the Villain. Oh, Jeff. <laughs> 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 Do it, Nack. Do it, man. Yeah, dude.